Your heart is pounding. Sweat is dripping down your neck. You are on the front lines of battle. Gunshots are flying everywhere. Men and women are screaming. A grenade is thrown. And all you see is chaos. Smoke fills your nostrils. And you are scared, but you're ready. And then all of a sudden, explosions are coming in the distance, and all you hear is a ringing in your ear until you see blood splatters as people are getting shot. Blood is everywhere. You hear the war cry of the enemy. You hear gunshots, and almost in slow motion, you see them flying. Men and women are yelling, but this is your moment. You are ready, confident even. You raise up your weapon to fire, and you realize you're missing something. See, men all around you and women all around you are fighting, and you're looking at them, and then you look down and you realize you forgot your gun, and you forgot your bulletproof vest, and you even forgot your... Are you? standing there in your underwear? I hope you didn't wear your whitey tidies this morning. Tidy whities this morning. Oh no. And your next thought is, God, please let this all just be a dream. But unfortunately, it's not. Because we are fighting a battle every single day that's worse than the one I was describing. And the worst part is, we leave our weapon on a dusty bookshelf. And some of us don't even know where it is. See, we leave our home every day for a battle without any of our gear or armor on, and probably without brushing our teeth. The battle that I'm talking to you about is a spiritual one. Because Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but our struggle is against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world and of the spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. And friends, the only way to fight a spiritual battle is with a spiritual weapon. But... I'm not advocating that we go around and start beating people with our Bibles. <laughs> Though I have used mine to kill a bug or two. I'm talking about we fight our battles with what is in the Bible. Because Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And God gave us another sword too. It's praise. Psalm 149.6 says, May the praise of God be on their hearts, on their mouths, and a double-edged sword in their hands. But in order to actually use God's word as a weapon, we have to know what God's word is. In order for the weapon of praise to be useful, we have to actually use the weapon. We have to actually praise. And one of the best times to gear up for battle in the morning is before you start your day. Meet with your general so that way he can give you what you need for the day. 
And before you get this image of like this strong, stoic God inside of your mind, the kind of war God that has or shows no emotions, I want to remind you that God deeply, so deeply cares about you in a unique, special, and individual way. And because of that, God's not nonchalant about spending time with you. He isn't like, well, Trinity doesn't want to talk to me today, so I guess I'll go talk to someone else. No, God created you because he wants to walk with you. God sent his son down to die for you so that way he can live with you for eternity. And God wants to meet with you every single morning. In Genesis, when the whole world had abandoned God because they felt like sinning or because maybe they just didn't have the time to spend time with God, Genesis 6-6 says, it broke his heart. God, the war general, God, the creator, the one who could smash a mountain with his fist, his heart breaks at the thoughts of being without you. And I tell you this not to make you feel shame or guilt, but I tell you this to remind you that you are not replaceable by God, that God isn't an emotionless and stoic man, but he deeply, so deeply cares about you, and he wants to spend time with you every single morning to speak into you and to prepare you for the battle that you will face in a day. God is a mighty warrior and a sweet, sweet father. And he wants you to get to know him as both. So at 4640, we tell you all the time to read your Bible, right? And we're right. Because the Bible is awesome. But I'm not saying that from the perspective of a pastor. I'm saying that as a student. Because I sat in these very bleachers, right there, with my friend Bailey. And just until last year, I was a student here at 4640. And I tell you to read your Bible because it is so worth it, and I mean it. And when I was in middle school, I read my Bible sometimes, and, but I didn't read it consistently. And I really, really wish I would have. Because when I read my Bible, I felt strong and powerful and beautiful. But when I didn't feel like it, or I forgot, or I got too busy, you could tell. Because I struggled with my temper. It got really, really bad sometimes. And I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I struggled a lot because I didn't read the Bible. And I know when I say read the Bible, some of you guys get this image in your mind of like a great grandmother in her rocking chair being like, read your Bible, <laughs> right? But the Bible isn't just for boring old great grandmas. I'm sorry, great grandma, I love you but it's for everyone. And I actually mean this because just the other day I was reading um, the Bible with my brother, Jonathan. And he's seven years old and there's a picture of him. Isn't he cute? <laughs> I love him. It's my brother, Jonathan. And so we're reading the story about how Jesus is raising a woman from the dead. And I'm like, Jonathan, what is, what is God telling you through this? And guys, he learned the perfect lessons that were perfect for a seven-year-old boy. 
See, God's word was written for you for where you're at. If you're a seven-year-old, there are seven-year-old lessons in there. If you're a middle schooler, there's middle school lessons in there. If you're an old, boring, great-grandmother, we're not going to leave you out either. There's lessons for you in there too. But, guys, I am the type of person who really struggles to do something unless I know how to do it exactly. I need an example to follow so that way I can feel confident that I'm doing something right. So, I'm gonna show you how I do my quiet time. But keep in mind that everybody's quiet time might look a little different. And also keep in mind that you don't have to look or speak or act, quote unquote, perfect. Friends, I don't wake up like this. It's not like I wake up and there's like angelic voices singing as I wake up in like perfect trinity mode or whatever. No, guys, I meet with God in my pajamas before I've showered and while drinking coffee. And to translate that, that means I meet with God smelly, disheveled, and with coffee breath. And he still loves me. And also, while we're on a roll here, I have a confession to make. So usually, I meet with God on my big giant chair at home um, or my beanbag when I'm in college. But I'm a little messy. And so sometimes my giant chair looks less like a chair and more like that. And because I am just so eager to meet with God, which is code for I don't want to clean that mess up, I will lay out a blanket and meet with God there. So when I'm meeting with God in the mornings, I have my blanket, if necessary, which it usually is. I have my Bible, which has a pen stuck in there, and my headphones. And the first thing that I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put on my headphones and I'm gonna put on some worship music. And the reason that I do this first is because I get distracted sometimes. True story. So like by my phone or one time I had a big flock of sheep running past my house. True story. I don't know what that was about, but it was distracting. But Jesus' music pulls me back in. And at 4640, we have an amazing 4640 playlist that you can listen to. And that is perfect for a quiet time like this. Or what I did was I chose my favorite songs from that playlist and created my own playlist for quiet time. Or you can always ask a pastor. So the first thing that I'm gonna do, or second thing that I'm gonna do, is I'm gonna lay out my blanket. I'm usually better at this. <sighs> Spider-Man. And depending on whatever I'm feeling, I'm gonna sit or I'm gonna lay down. This blanket's a little small, so I'm not gonna lay down. And then, sometimes I really wanna go straight into the Bible, but God so sweetly reminds me that I have to do this first step. And I confess of any sins that I might have um, committed in the past day, whether that's being rude to my parents, or maybe I lied to a friend. And I just ask for forgiveness so that way I am not in any way separated from God. And then I open up my Bible. 
and it helps if you turn it the right way. <laughs> it really does. It's kind of hard to read it when it's not. So then I'm going to start reading my Bible, and I have a note-taking Bible, which means it has like really giant spots for notes on the end, so I take notes right in the Bible. But you might have a notebook that you want to write your notes in. And so as, um, as I'm reading, God will tell me certain things, and I'll underline or highlight them. And then sometimes, because I'm a visual person, hence the need for an example, I will draw pictures of what God is saying in, in the Bible, so that way I can remember it better. And then if God speaks to me something else that comes along with the Bible, I'll write that down. If I have a prayer, I'll write that down too. Coincidentally, when I'm reading the book of Proverbs, I write a lot of prayers about being kind and even-tempered, but it's fine, that's just how it is. And so those are the notes that I'm taking in my Bible. And I just, I just wanna have a quick picture up of the notes. So that's, that's kind of what my Bible looks like. Uh, there's eyeballs right there, I drew a picture of them. Uh, there's also coffee stains on here because I'm a mess. Um, and, but God says he loves it like that. There are things in there that only God and I are ever going to understand because our relationship is so, so personal. And then, um, God can always read my handwriting. I can't, nobody feel me, but God can. So God can read your handwriting. Someone can, I know we've been waiting. And so right now my Bible reading consists of a chapter from Judges, a chapter from Proverbs, and a chapter from Psalms, which is super duper extensive because I'm in a season where I have tons of free time and I just love it. But if you're starting out or don't really know what you're doing, I recommend reading a Psalm a day because they are so sweet and they're so simple and they're so short and they can change your life in just this amount of words. And so when you read your Bible more and more, you want more and more of it because word of God is addicting. And you can totally tell that when um, David was writing the Psalms that he was addicted to God's word as well. Because Psalm 63, one says, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. When you seek God, you desire more and more of him. And so after I'm done writing my notes, I pray. And I pray whatever is on my heart. I pray and I thank God for his general awesomeness because he really is that cool. I pray that for God's favor upon me. I pray for family members. I pray for friends. I pray whatever is on my heart. Guys, whatever is on your mind or your heart, no matter how big or how small, God wants to hear from you. And he wants you to talk to him. And so... After I pray, and I also always pray on Ephesians 6, which is the armor of God, so that way I can really gear up for battle. And then after I do that, oh, this is gonna be fun. I'm procrastinating this as much as possible, so you guys are gonna laugh at me. After I do that, I worship. 
and I praise. And I praise because praise is a weapon. Because where the enemy says that things could be better, I find a place to be thankful. You know how when you're coming from outside into 4640 and it takes a second for your eyes to adjust? Well, that moment is like praise. Because when you praise, your eyes adjust. And when you praise, the dark becomes lighter. And when you praise, the darkness flees. And so, if I'm all alone in my bedroom, and I'm gonna throw my headphones on so I can't hear you laugh, If I'm all alone in my bedroom, I'm going to praise out loud. And it's going to be like, I'll raise a hallelujah. And then, if I'm with people who don't want to hear me singing like that, especially early in the morning, like my roommate Heidi, who complains about it a lot. I love her. Well, then I kind of mouth the words. It's like air guitar, but for singing. Air lips, I don't know. There we go, there we go. It's lip singing, apparently. I learned a new thing today. So after that, the point is, the point is that your quiet time doesn't have to be quote unquote perfect. And it isn't perfect, but it is so beautiful in every single way. And guys, Sometimes I find myself, and I just, like, because I'm so addicted to God's word, I just want to stay there all day. And I just want to have a quiet time all day. But unfortunately, or fortunately, quiet time ends and the day begins. And this happens for Gideon in Judges, which is what I'm reading right now. And what happens is God talks to Gideon, and he's like, here's your instructions. And then Gideon has to go and actually act out on those instructions and fight the physical battle, which is super awesome. Read it. He has to actually go and fight the battle. God gave him his word, then he has to act on it. But before God sends him out to fight that battle, He tells Gideon this, in Judges 6.12, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So, knowing that the Lord is with us and that we are mighty warriors, this is where we get into part two, fighting the battle. We tell you all the time at 4640 to read your Bible, and this is part of the reason why. Fighting the battle is a lot easier when you have a sword. And if you forgot the first part of the sermon already, that's God's word. See, it's important to read God's word because God's word is God's sword. God's word is God's sword. And literally all of the letters are right there. And that can't be a coincidence. And this comes in handy because flashback to freshman year of college, which literally, literally happened like four months ago. And I am in my dorm room and I am crying and I'm like, (laughs) I'm struggling in a class and I'm like, what if, what if all this goes for nothing? And what if I become a nobody? And what if I end up homeless? And I am just, I'm just a mess. And I'm hoping that my friend Heidi doesn't come into the room because there's snot everywhere and I don't want her to see me like this. And then the light bulb goes on. Jeremiah 29, 11. 
And that says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then I remembered a Bible verse in Isaiah that talked about how God's plans cannot be thwarted. The enemy said, my life was a waste, but the all-knowing God said, I have a plan for you. And that plan cannot be avoided. When the enemy lies, you can use God's word to cut those lies apart. And it kind of works like this. <laughs> Which one? This one, this one, this one, this one. Yeah. When I remember Bible verses, it's usually a paraphrased version, but you can remember what's in your exactly what's in your Bible, but what matters more important is that you know what God's word says. And when the enemy lies, you can use God's word to cut those lies apart, just like Joe showed us, but it works kind of like this. Because where the enemy says that you should be afraid, God said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I gave you a spirit of power, love, and self-confidence. And where the enemy says, you don't belong, God says, you are my child, and I love you. And where the enemy says, you're all alone, God says, I am with you right now, and I will never leave you. With the power of God's word, any lie, whether you hear it from a small voice inside of your head, a family member, a teacher, a sibling, a friend, any lie can be broken. And the beautiful part about this is God's word isn't just for yourself either. Mark 16, 15 says, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples, go to all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Sometimes you will read a verse in your quiet time that you will share with a friend later in the day. Some of the most powerful breakthroughs I have had in my life are from a Bible story or a Bible verse that a friend has shared with me. God's word is powerful. God's word was written for you where you are at in this moment and at every moment. And God has a deep desire to meet with you every single morning. His word is easy to get into, amazing to use, and beautiful to share. So this morning, I, or not this morning, this summer, also this morning, I've been taking my extra time and really been diving into God's word deeper than I ever have before. And God has done so many things for me through that. Never have I been so sure about who I am, what my purpose is, or who I am here living for. I believe that reading the Bible makes life better. And I'm not just telling you that and being like, oh, it sounds good, so I'm gonna say it. No, I'm telling you this because I do it. I do it every morning and it truly works because reading the Bible changes things. Reading the Bible is not only a game changer, but a battle defeater. And God's word wins out every single time. And because I want this for you guys, I have a challenge for you. So in the next week, every single morning, I challenge you to spend time with God. Whether it's in your paper Bible or a Bible app, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 
or an hour, I challenge you to spend time with him. And next week, when you come back, come share with me or a pastor what you learned, and we will be so happy to hook you up with some free stuff from the cafe. Deal? Deal. Okay, that was weak. Deal? Deal! Awesome. All right, before I let you go, let me pray over you guys. God, you are so awesome. Lord, I pray that you would just empower every single student in here to read their Bible. Lord, I pray that you would just bless them, and I pray that we would have so many people take on this challenge that we would run out of free soda and free item cards. God, I pray that you would empower every single student and every single person to use your words to fight their battles and that you would let them know how incredible your love is for them. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.